What up, boys? Hey, Katie. Yo. <laughs> I had to change. She uh, did this Zoom call with like this meeting thing with like this women's grief counseling group. And she logs on and says, Big Tolbowski. I'll <laughs> be <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, let me let me change your name real quick. And it's got me on camera like this going, Oh, let me change your name real quick. <laughs> <laughs> At least it wasn't uh, wait, COVID what, what? Juggalo. <laughs> <laughs> COVID, ju- COVID Juggalo 420. Welcome to Two Dollars Sake, a pro wrestling podcast. I am your host, Aaron Vardom, and I am joined today, as always, by Big Mike. Yep. Toll Bear. Hey, baby, my friends. And Cookie Masterson. Yeah, buddy. Cookie, yeah, you're you're in Charlotte once again, but we we don't want a, a sequel. To, to your hosting gig, do you think that your internet is going to hold out during this uh, podcast? This Listen, week? Uh, my internet is reinforced, uh, and we are ready to go. What, what, what do you mean by reinforced? Uh, well, basically, I took some duct tape and I like wrapped it around the Ethernet cord, so hopefully, it stays in this time. That, that's logical thinking, right? I don't Would you say that was non-Caucasian engineering? I. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I rigged it. You know, there might be a word that goes before it, but <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I'm like, don't clown over here, Aaron. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, what's up? So we're still in quarantine. We're still on Zoom calls. We are still, I, I think t- this week felt like a week in the right direction. Like we're moving in the right direction. I didn't feel as trapped as we have in the past. I, I was able to see Tolbert this week in person. I was able to see Mike this week in person. It it was a decent week. Did you guys feel a little bit better about our situations? A little bit. This is the first week uh, I actually did stuff outside the house. Like, we hung out with your brother, played some pinball. Uh, you know, did a little, a small get-together of close friends and family. Had some dinner. It was fun. And, Less than uh, I got 10? Some, yeah. It was great. Um, really good to play some pinball. I was Jones in. Really? Uh, oh, yeah, dude. It was great. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Got some fishing oh, in today. Oh, my God. Aaron. <laughs> I, I did not schedule this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Now he's just hacking us now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Sammy Callahan is my boy, okay? And if you think. Oh, <laughs> Hang on a damn minute. Yeah, you see, we in the building, don't you? Don't you? Uh, damn hey. it. Hey. Yeah. Hey. And Dave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Aaron, you thought you could keep me away, didn't you? You thought I did, you yeah. could use you thought you could use your little technical prowess to boot me and keep me from doing a damn heel run in on your segment. That's right. Okay? This, this is my segment. Yeah. Last week you got us off. You kept us off, but we know people, okay? All right. We got friends and Damn low places, right? That's super yeah. duper and low you- fucking conspiracy theory hacker places, man. <laughs> yes, yes. And I got a bone to pick with you, Aaron. Okay. Uh, is it a, is it about the uh, the link to your match? Damn it, no, yes. <laughs> How come you haven't given us our damn trophy for winning at the quarantine show, Aaron? Damn it, me and Dave are pissed. Wait, you guys <laughs> yeah, have a trophy? I don't think that they, they could barely afford, uh, like, Listen, the trophy, the trophy was the damn bottle of sanitizer that we left with, buddy. That's and a right. Chick. Also, we made a damn deal, Aaron. And you said if we won that match that you were going to post our 30-minute Broadway. Now, damn it, I want my scraps. I want my damn cookies. I want, I, we want our scruples, Aaron. Now, Zane, Dave, you guys are are, are you guys – affected by the quarantine much like us are you still going a little crazy fuck yeah we're going crazy what the fuck do you, what kind of question is that yes we have learned how to hack the damn national security of the damn world and we've you're not getting rid of me Aaron, until you give me a damn date or when my match will be given to me damn it host now, the link I, now what happens if i don't have the video anymore You've already admitted it, that you have this footage. But I don't know. I, I tried looking, and I can't find it. 
Aaron, what are you gonna do, the, brother? What you gonna the, do? Where the fuck is our match, Aaron? And, and now, who set this up? Who gave you guys permission to break into my segment like this? Damn. You don't need permission. We got the yeah. internet. I mean, come on. We learned how to fucking hack missiles, and fucking we're about to have I'm about to have a knock at my door right now. Okay. From who? From who's gonna knock at your door? From the damn CIA or some shit? Because I'm talking lizard about army. Yeah. Now, who who has radicalized the Dawson brothers? How have you? Have you guys been listening listen. to Alex Jones? Are you gonna eat your neighbor this week? Listen, Aaron. There's only one thing to do in fucking quarantine, man, and that's fucking masturbate. Oh, it's not masturbate. <laughs> well, well, that too. But you radically masturbate. That's what I'm saying. Like. <laughs> So we learned how to do it. Look, You're not look let's to. use let's use the masturbate metaphor. We are trying to climax, Aaron, and That's you right. are giving us blue balls, buddy. That's all I want, Aaron. All I want now, is a. That's all. That's it. Now, now let me use the masturbate uh, metaphor right now. You guys are fucking me in my <laughs> segment. Get the fuck off the screen. Cut their feed. The feed. Cut the damn feed. It. Cut it. it. Cut, it. Cut it right now. This isn't over, damn it. This isn't over, you sons of bitches. Cut Let it. Let me tell you something, Aaron. Damn it, it ain't going to work. Okay? This is the fucking heel run in. So I don't know what you expected. I'm not hey, coming I, here to be friendly. I want my damn match, Aaron. Okay? And there ain't the no fuck. fucking way that you're going to cut my feed this time. I, I think I did. It's 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 gone. Your feet is gone as of now. The fucking lizard people. I'm, I'm fucking still here, Aaron. Okay? <laughs> You're not doing it. Sam McCallahan is a boy of mine. Hey, shit. Dave, hey, Dave. Mom. Fucking mom's calling, dude. Fucking mom. Fuck, man. Fuck. Fuck you, Aaron. I'm coming if you damn hell or high water. This isn't over. Get off of our screens. Talk to your mother. Press leave meeting, Dave. Leave meeting. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's two dollars stakes. Uh, uh, you know our opening segment. Aaron, what did you tell me earlier? What did you tell me? That, now, did you set this up, Cookie? Is it? Are, are you the one that set this up? You said there would be no heel running, and there's a heel running. So one of us, one of us did it. So Not one of us is a mole. Yes. And I and know my- one of us has supplied things to people. That was talking to those people, and I think I know who the mole is. I think I do, too. And his name is Tolbert. Yep. My friends. Tolbert, fuck you. Let's go to our matches. All right, for the heat. The newly crowned heat on, uh, should we call it like say, getting heat? Getting heat with, with Big Mike. Getting heat. In heat with Big Mike. No, definitely not that. In heat with Big Mike. In heat with Big Mike. <laughs> he, this week, he's got Jake the Snake Roberts against ravishing Rick Rude. Mike, tell me what got you all hot and bothered. That's <laughs> In the why heat he's of the <laughs> What got you moist? <laughs> this, this this is this is too much. Um, Jake the Snake versus Rick Rude Saturday night's main event, nineteen eighty eight. All right, so we were you born at this time? Were you born already in eighty? I was not born yet. Okay. No, so I mean, Tolbert and I were the only people yeah, alive. Eighty nine. Well, I was like three, and not many people are alive from this match, right? Just Jake. Just Jake. Jake. Oh, all right. So we the link begins. Rick Rude's wearing tights with Jake's wife's face on them. Uh, he's thrusting and gyrating in their general direction as Jake and his wife walk in. Is her is his wife's name Cheryl? Cheryl, I think so. Yeah. Are they? Uh, are they was that a shoot or a work? Uh, no, that was his shoot wife, and I think she went on tour with a little a little bit to kind of keep him him and his demons in check. Gotcha. So they kind of brought her into the storyline. Uh, that's what he told me during his WWF produced DVD at one point in the mid 2000s. All right. So anyway, so Jake enters and he's, you can tell he's really mad because yeah, Rick Rude is just um, disrespecting his wife um, with the tights and particularly because her face is on his crotch and ass. 
Now, uh, Mike, yep. if Tolbert were to walk into a room <laughs> with Amanda's face <laughs> on his shorts around his dick area, what would your reaction be? I mean, I would honestly probably just bust out laughing because, <laughs> like, that's hilarious. So if we were able to find a, a pair of pants that we could custom, like, talk to one of our artist friends, perhaps Travis, to make Amanda's face to go over <laughs> Tolbert's shorts, you would be okay with it? Yeah, I mean, I and that's the thing is I don't know the storyline behind why he was wearing the face. Why like, I don't remember face. either, but, but it, it was funny. It worked out because, you know, they immediately, like, you know, start getting in the ring and, like, start getting heavy-hitting action. Um, the one thing I, I, I like right off the bat is this is one of my favorite commentary tag teams, which is Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura. Uh, every time I have one of theirs, I, I always get a couple chuckles from the back and forth, especially because, like, Jesse in this one, is just laying in the full heel commentator. I, I feel like, and we, we may have mentioned this before, Saturday night's main event was a special show that they would have every once in a while, and it would take the place of Saturday Night Live on regular broadcast television. So it would air at 11.35 on Saturday nights and take the place of Saturday Night Live when they were off season. So it was a big deal. And they would bring their A games to these shows. And every time you watch a match from Saturday night's main event, shit happens and it's very entertaining. And I think that that's maybe one of the reasons why they were so on point during this entire matchup. Yeah. I mean, both, both guys that, yeah, they, they look good. Rick is, um, Rick's looking leaner than he was in one of our other, um, matches with him. I love both of their quarantine flows. They got the <laughs> yeah, like yes. beautiful curly mullets. Um, Rick Perm. is, yeah, Rick is accompanied by Bobby Heenan and obviously Jake again by his wife. So we start – the match is pretty intense right off the bat. I mean, you know, Jake's offended and Rick's, you know, trying to beat – they're both trying to kill each other. We get some chain wrestling, early wrist lock by Jake, and Rude sells well. Um, like throughout the whole thing, the whole time, like he – it's not overselling like a Terry or a Rick Flair, but it's def, it's just – it, it's making a wrist lock look important, which I kind of liked. Um, they tend to like the early on, they're alternating like offensive move sets. Um, again, all of it's real, just heavy and solid. You can really tell they've worked a lot together leading up to this. Um, is this before or after my match last week? Cause I know they had a match at that um, event too. So that match was, I'm not sure it's around the same time though. Um, so yeah, you just tell these guys have been working a ton um, midway through the match, we get this weird shoe slap spot by Cheryl. Um, Jake's holding Rick's head outside the ropes, kind of like pushing his chest and uh, shoulders up against it. And Cheryl slaps Rick, or yeah, Rick in the face, right in front of the referee. It was really weird. Uh, obviously, Jesse Ventura's going like freaking out, wondering why. Um, what's up? What is that noise in what the background? That that's my child screaming because he doesn't want to go to bed. Oh, oh, good. Yeah, that's that's the, the perks of being on a Zoom call. Yeah, not- exactly. Um, now I just if I I'll just walk away and you guys can see me pantsless too. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but so Jeff, Jesse's going on, and I'm, I was thinking the same thing. Why was this not a di- disqualification? Big Mike, meet Little Mike as he stands up. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Like, it, sometimes, you know, the, the, the refs, it could be like AEW where it's at the ref's discretion. And, th- and that's kind of what I was wondering, but they, they throw to a commercial, which I unfortunately didn't get to see in the commercial. They come back, and, it, and they quickly say that she had been – I think she had been removed from ringside, but they didn't DQ the match, so they continued on. Um, Rude – this is where Rude starts to get a lot more like offense in. Uh, at one point, he reverses one of Jake's DDTs, which is his Jake's finisher, um, and he he hits him with what looked like a flying headbutt and went for the pin. But he went for that heel cheeky kind of like pose on him pin, not an actual pin attempt. So Jake kicks out. Um, eventually, you know the, the heels like getting all this this work in, and then Jake reverses a Rude Awakening, which is Rick Rude's finisher. Um, and the crowd is going wild, and Jake hits the DDT on Rick Rude, and but rather than going for the pin, he goes for Rick's pants and starts stripping, 
Rick's pants off. At that point, Bobby Heenan jumps in, starts beating up Jake the Snake. Crowd's going crazy. Bell's going crazy. Disqualification. Jake starts getting his heat. Jake starts getting uh, offense in on Bobby. Who but Andre the Giant comes out. That's right. uh, And saves Bobby Heenan from Jake the Snake. Uh, And so you're you're, your um, definition or, or kind of description of what the Saturday night's main event was. It was a big deal. Now. Because, yeah, yeah they're, they're trying to get all this sort of stuff and commotion. And I mean, who wouldn't want to see Andre the Giant, right, in 1988? And he was a part of Bobby the Brain Heenan's, like, stable. So, okay. like, as, as a part of those guys. And this is, like, late era Andre. Andre's not really working matches anymore. He, this is after the Princess Bride movie came out, so that some of the, the heat and um, some of the, the prestige from that movie kind of has worn off, and this is, this is the tail end of his career. I think he died in the early 90s. So Andre is just a character now, and it's a big deal to see him, so they yeah. only bring him out on certain times. Well, and that's, so he, he headbutts Jake, Jake, tosses Jake out of the ring, um, and Jake goes – for the snake. So Jake gets back in the ring with the snake. Andre the Giant, apparently not a big fan of snakes. And that's a shoot. Oh, really? He, oh, really? Andre hated snakes. That's so funny because um, he, as he, Jake is like getting kind of closer to Andre, Andre is circling the ring trying to get away or stay away from the snake. And Jake tosses the snake on <laughs> Andre the Giant. Um, what kind of snake was that, Aaron? Now, that was a boa constrictor. Okay. Now, now, Mike, do you feel that something like that would have been okay in today's time with PETA and all these organizations? How, how do you feel? They threw a fucking snake on a giant man and just tossed it on him. Yeah, I felt bad, actually. I, I literally wrote, poor snake. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I feel kind of bad for the snake as well. And, and that was his gimmick until he, you know, was out of wrestling. Yeah, he so always he, had a fucking snake. Yeah, he like throws it on him, and it doesn't like start constricting on Andre. It's just kind of dangling on Andre's shoulder. Um, Andre the Giant either you know, he passes out because he's in such fear or whatever. Um, they do get a good shot of the snake kind of slithering around his leg and away from him, <laughs> which is pretty gross. Um, and the snake looks big on Andre the Giant. So yes. it was a big fucking snake. Damien was massive. And that, of course, they had multiple versions of Damien because they're not going to, you know, keep the same snake all the time. So th- this, this is one of the this Damien's, and he is huge. Yeah. Uh, so long story short, Jake the snake won due to DQ, but I don't think anybody really wins in this. Now, now Mike, I, I think that, that maybe – one of my favorite things that happened, you, you may have missed this, Andre had a heart attack. Oh, that was legit? The, the, well, no, no, no. So, like, the story was Andre had a heart attack and collapsed. Yeah. Bobby the Brain Heenan comes in, and starts doing checks CPR. his heart, and doing CPR on Andre the I just, I just thought that was the end of the thing. Like, I didn't think that was an actual – like, I didn't think that was real. Jake the Snake killed Andre the Giant on – Broadcast television in 1988. Are you working me or is that no? I know no, no, no. I mean, it's a part of the story, but yeah, like, he legit had a heart attack or no? He did. He did not no, legit no. have a heart attack, okay. but like that's that what, was yeah, the see, story. I didn't know. See, you had, the way you were describing it. I, well, I mean, as a child, if I'm watching this and oh, I see yeah. the man from Princess Bride, who I'm love, have a fucking heart attack and die on screen while another person tries to resuscitate this man because a snake was thrown on him. I would have been fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you have been allowed to watch Saturday Night's main event? What time I was, was on? You I was two. I was two. But you know, there was VHS tapes back then. Uh, Howard and Barbara could have taped it for me. Yeah, it was, it was a good match overall. Uh, it was entertaining, I, I, right? I like, I like that style of wrestling. Um, where there's – I mean, I think, yeah, Rick Rude went off the top rope once. And right. There wasn't – it was more just kind of – not so much chain wrestling, but just like simple drop downs. And I love that the DDT is a finishing move back in the eighties. Right. I, I really appreciate it. I think we've talked about that on other episodes. I wish now what, what are the things that like, you know, Vince McMahon always kind of did, he doesn't sell 
the steak so much as he sells the sizzle. And there's all these other things happening that, that kind of makes it a more cohesive and entertaining story. You know, he's got the trunks that makes Jake the Snake angry. And then out comes Andre. Andre gets the snake thrown on him. So there's all this kind of what, what wrestlers call gaga happening all around. And it, and it kind of becomes like a chaotic scene that's very compelling to watch. Yeah, I really liked it. The only wish I had is if I could have had or heard a Jake the Snake promo. Yeah, Jake is great on the microphone. And, and I know this may be your second Jake the Snake match in our year of existence. And, and I know this is more uh, indicative of, of what kind of wrestler he was, a very psychological wrestler. Cool. Well, awesome. And, and speaking of Rick Rude, and we, we were talking about him earlier, and this is going to segue into your segment. Uh, yesterday on Twitter, I found a Twitter account specifically devoted to the ravishing Rick Rude getting hit in the balls. And it's called Rick Rude Takes an Atomic Drop. And it's just gifts of him taking it and overselling it like he just got hit in the plums. What did, were any of you guys able to see any of those uh, gifts? I looked at it. I watched it, all of them. Is it an active Twitter account? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it opened up this week. Like, okay, somebody started it this week. Aaron has a bad habit of following these dead Twitter accounts. Like, I had, to, I had to unfollow Judy Bagwell on a poll because they hadn't posted anything in, like, three years. Because she's still up on the poll. She I can't there, tweet. Right? There's nothing else to tweet about. <laughs> no, yeah. Get her down. Uh, but social media this week, Instagram, 125 followers, great posts, great work this week. Tolbert's, he almost had a post a day. Tolbert, I'm so proud of you. You're doing well, man. Yeah. Hey. Thanks, guys. Uh, tell, tell us about your post, Tolbert. Oh, let's see. Well, uh, we, we had a few. Uh, <laughs> let me, uh, let me switch over here. You're supposed to have this shit already pulled up, Tolbert. <laughs> Uh, well, one's playing pinball at your brother's house. That's you know, right. Because we're, we're party animals, man. Of course, Travis's art. Travis's art is always amazing. Um, and also, uh, the shipment of a WCW sign you received in the mail this week. Very excited about my WCW sign. Yeah, it's very bright, apparently. It is like, do you guys remember the episode of Seinfeld where Jerry uh, lived across from the Kenny Rogers Roasters? <laughs> and the neon signs of the Kenny Rogers Roasters were blaring, yes. in, and it just made his entire house red? Yeah. yeah, I can't keep that motherfucker on that long because it, it honestly looks like my house is possessed. I was going to say, um, did it have the black light effect? Like, did you get really disgusted with yourself when you turned it on? It's like, it, it, it's just, everything's glowing now. <laughs> wow. Jackson Pollock everywhere. That's a lot of cum. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, Jesus, wow. that's a lot of cum. Oh, man. Too much. Oh, I, oh, I forgot my, uh, my epic largemouth bass pig. That was a smallmouth bass. That's a largemouth. That thing was <laughs> tiny, Tolbert. It's a small largemouth bass. <laughs> was that really? the only fish? I, I caught a gar, too, but I didn't get him up on the bank. I didn't want to well, get him up. Well, then you didn't catch him. Yeah, I kind of caught him. All right, anyway. For, for the record, I have been fishing. I saw the post. I have been fishing before. You don't have to. Oh, oh Cookie! <laughs> Cookie, you've been fishing before. Where have you yeah. been fishing? I mean, this is all back in Raleigh. Now, I'm not so talking about like, plenty oh. of fish, the dating website. Now, were you actually, like, did you bait a hook? <laughs> Baited the hook and everything, man. Night crawlers, worms, like, you know that. We went fishing plenty of times. Now, I took Mike fishing once to my parents' house, and my dad down talked mike on how he baited the hook and oh, said that's yeah. not how we do it in north carolina you may do that in ohio but that's not how we bait a hook in north carolina yeah that was that was a perfect howardism um <laughs> speaking of howard aaron you we, yeah. you know sold your dad building helping you build a fence yeah, well, I was interrupted by two brothers that uh, yelled at me quite, quite much. Yeah, my dad and I have been building a fence around my backyard. It's now officially making the $2 Steak Studios a compound. So, uh, you know, once we get enough followers, we can actually convert to our money-making pyramid scheme cult that we uh, have been planning this whole time. The whole and, time. The whole time. I can't wait. Mount and all Marvel. we do is just watch WCW matches and um, – you know, talk about wrestling. 
but yeah, so we, we've been building this fence in my backyard and my dad has uh, just remembered how disappointed he is in my upbringing. <laughs> Every single moment we spend together, uh, dad and I were drilling holes in, in one of the pieces of wood this week. I broke the drill bit. My dad, uh, without skipping a beat, uh, just walked away, left, left me holding up a piece of wood for five minutes. Like I was like, where did he go? And what happened? He didn't say a word. He, he didn't make eye contact with me. He walked away. My dad was disappointed. And then, uh, yeah, man, drill bits ain't cheap. And then the best, the best part is he then explained to Davenport how to finish your fence. Right. And not made eye, it didn't make eye contact with me the entire time. <laughs> he went through detailed instructions. Uh, I was cuckolded by my father. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Google that one, Cookie. Um, I don't know what it means. Anyway, anyway, make sure in order to bring this back. So, Aaron, when you do finish that fence, go ahead and tweet a picture of it so we I will. can talk about it. And then um, I, I I will build a deck. Power to build a deck. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll aid. <laughs> um, so Twitter, you know, we, uh, we're down to 287. So either and the way I have to find these people that unfollow us, it's a little like cumbersome and I couldn't find who unfollowed us. So we were actually either blocked by some people or it was one of the, one or two of those sex bots that we never actually followed back. I, my money's on the sex bots. Um, cookie, it says that you're raising your hand. Uh, yeah, I was just playing around with Zoom. I didn't know you could do this stuff. No. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't know what it meant. Pop the bubble. All right. <laughs> Put your hand down. Uh, this week on Twitter, we actually, uh, Aaron's WCW sign that he um, tweeted out, as well as a picture of, separately, and then um, a picture of my son with his murder hawk and a black eye. Um, both of those did really good. Aaron's Twitter thing, 82 engagements on the WCW sign and oh, Elliot's cool. murder Hawk 23 engagements. So both of those did great, but the best post we had this week was Frank Caliendo, the famous comedian and voice guy liked and commented on one of our tweets. Um, we did 2,300 impressions on that and 12 profile clicks. Look at you, Mike. So thank you, Frank Caliendo and your 400,000 followers. Mike, the, the, I, I felt this week, I, I, I was just throwing a lot of stuff out into the ether, like tweeting a lot. And then Mike just comes in and slyly like does this one little tweet and it fucking crushes everything that I did. <laughs> uh, so now's the time I'm going to go ahead and, 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 you know, call to action. Make sure you follow us on our social media. Please engage with us, interact with us, send us funny things. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, we're at the number two dollar stake underscore. Facebook is just two dollar stake of pro wrestling podcast. Um, please. We, for, for 30 or four weeks in a row now, we're, we're asking people to, you know, engage with us and not get much. So, you know, the six of you that have Twitter or the, the 12 of you that listen and the six that have Twitter and the one that uses it, hey, man, just give us a little shout out. See, I think that these people already follow us, like the people that are listening to our yeah, show already follow like us. Like my dad. I'm trying um, to see if we have any more uh, actual reviews this week. We don't. <laughs> good job all right thanks oh, everybody for for engaging with us on social media we're trying to grow this brand because like aaron said we have a pyramid scheme um sex call planned and we really well, there, there's no sex just wrestling well it's there is now yeah wait what's all that come about then oh that's that's uh masturbatory because i'm lonely oh oh my bad wrong come okay <laughs> jesus all right this this is a graphic episode uh, well uh, so so mike um Oh, are, do you have a shit list this week? I, I do have a form and a version of a shit list, yes. Is it about what we were talking about earlier today? Yeah. yeah that, All right, good. That's, 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 that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. yeah, that's involved. Go ahead. All right, so uh, reopen anything, people. Um, North Carolina, <laughs> any other state. Um, I'm going to speak to the general audience first of that and about those people. So I can genuinely and generally empathize and appreciate people wanting to get back to normal because who wouldn't, right? I mean, Cookie's over here pushing buttons on Zoom, doesn't even know what they're doing. So he, he's ready to get back into Aaron's compound and, and record, and I think we all are too. But, you know, I, I can't stand these dumb fucks that are out there say, saying that, see, it wasn't so bad, and that people overreacted. 
trying to do this calmly, actually, because I'm, I'm starting to get, like, I'm getting the shakes. I'm getting so mad. But it. It's, it doesn't seem that bad because that's exactly the reason it isn't so bad. It's because we did the right things. We're doing the right things. People are doing the right stuff. But 60 fucking thousand people are dead. Um, that's not a small number. And, that, and that's what I get frustrated about. So um, in general, to those people, stop being fucks. Um, but the main award um, to, to kick this segment and close the door on it, um, those dumb asses in Michigan. Yes! Guns into the state house. Now, everybody knows, who, who listens to this podcast, knows my appreciation for the state of Michigan. And That's right. Where, and where it can fucking go. So Mike is already, in heat! You're yep. already dealing with <laughs> the worst and trashiest people in the country because they're from fucking Michigan. So they're, and again, I'll empathize because, you know, they're simpletons. They're, they're they don't necessarily understand exactly what they're doing because they, they don't have the mental faculties to comprehend and appreciate what they're attempting to do. But these spineless little twits took guns into the court, the state house, and not because they're trying to pound their chest about the second amendment. They're trying to incite fear because they have small penises. No one ever loved them. And you know what? It's really just generally terrorism. When you're trying to incite fear in a populace, that's terrorism. And you know what terrorists mean and, and can do in America? They can go fuck off because they're giant pieces of shit. That's right, Mike. That's right, Mike. Now, if, if the Steiner brothers were there, would you appreciate it any more or any less if they were a part of this pro protest? And no, now just, that one of the Steiner brothers' son is now a stealer. Um, I mean, it would add nothing to it because I, would, I already looked down on them for where they're from and what they've done. That's right. That's right. So uh, I, I would like to say... Uh, Michigan, of all places, you have made Big Mike's shit list. <laughs> all right, for the strong style cookie, you have got Tanahashi against Shibata. Give it to me. Uh, yeah, you know how I normally have a monologue? Uh, why not? Why, why don't you have a monologue? Because you're I in had, Charlotte? No, because I had I, I got nothing for this, man. Like, the I, I just got nothing. They, they're the pretty match? bland. No, 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 no. I got something for the match, but my monologue is just going to be lacking today. Just, I'm sorry about that. The only thing I wrote down was, uh, Shibata's wearing all black. <laughs> uh, he's a more traditional looking person, and he's way more focused. Tanahashi, on the other hand, what? What? I literally I have, I sent have you. I sent you two fucking huge articles last night at midnight to read about this matchup. Will you wait? I will get there. Just all right, wait. all right. I'm just, just saying because I'm first pissed. look. First look. First I'm look. I'm heat. like Martin's first look. Heat. There's nothing there. I'm just like all right. This is pretty bland. Tanahashi's more charismatic. He's got the flow. He's in the all white. Right. I'm like okay. All right. That's it. And then I read the articles. I read the articles because I want to know a little bit more about Shibata and Tanahashi. Is there real heat between these two guys? And apparently there is to some degree. Shibata is the guy who left when times are hard in New Japan wrestling. And then he comes back and he's got a little bit of heat with the boys in the back. Is that correct, Aaron? That's right. So there, there was three guys that deemed them the three musketeers. Yes. It was yes. Nakamura, who everybody knows, Shinsuke yes. Nakamura, mm -hmm. Tanahashi, and the third one was Shibata. Yep. And Shibata decided that he had more of a chance in the MMA world to go and do that. So he left with all of the, the weight of NJPW then was focused squarely on the shoulders of Nakamura and uh, Tanahashi. Yes. Um, and they felt like uh, Shibata was taken away a spot from a lot of, you know, other young lions that, you know, could have, you know, filled in that spot. But anyway, let's get to the countdown. Cookies top four. Number one. Now, I shit you not, I'm 12 minutes into this match, and I'm like, all right, Aaron gave me a dud for a match. Because in 12 minutes in, there's not much going on. The biggest spot so far was a suplex to the outside. That was it. But not long after I wrote this, wrote that down, Shibata no-sells a dropkick in the corner and then commences to drop in bows on Tanahashi like he was in a ludicrous music video. That's it move, was, bitch. Get out the way. Like, 
Like five elbow shots to the head is enough, right? Nah. No, it's not. He just keeps raining them down until I get uncomfortable. It doesn't help that the cameraman is like right over Tanahashi's shoulder, just firsthand watching this murder on on film. Nonetheless, match picks up from here. 12 minutes in. Number two. Not even a minute later, Shibata is no-selling. Again, when I say Tanahashi tries to drop his opponent on his head, he's successful, but he no-sells it. The fucker no-sells a German suplex, and then he drops Tanahashi on his head. Uh, And it just keeps getting worse and worse from there. Let's go. Number three. Not even a minute later after that, Shibata – oh, sorry, hold on. That That was number two. My bad. All right. So we all know the forearm spot. Mike hates the forearm spot, the back and forth between wrestlers. Uh, it, I, I hate it for the most – pretty much all, like, American stuff, but, like, the Japanese strong style versions of it. Like, if you get Ishii and Suzuki doing that to each other, yes. like, that's, that's legit. So, yes, I do hate it most of the time. But and, – and I thought it was just going to be more the, the westernized version of the forearm spot. I, I was like, all right, it's about to die down again. It's not. It's used a lot in matches to get the crowd into the match. But these two use the spot and like everything else in the match, it goes far too long until Shibata switches it up. So it's forearm, forearm, and then it's a snug shot from Shibata. And then I'm like, damn, Tanahashi just bitch slapped Shibata. Oh, there's another uppercut. Oh, Tanahashi's dead. That was literally the four things that I saw. Tanahashi literally drops to his hands and his knees. Uh, how did he die, you ask? Shibata does a fucking spinning back fist and sends his head into the third row. I, I literally did a spit take when that happened. I'm watching your match last night, and I'm like, all right, so the, the match is a little uh, slower than I, I expected when I picked the match because I, I like those two competitors. Yeah. And then that happens, and then after that, I was just like, every other minute, I was just like, holy fuck. Yes, exactly. He... I, I don't know what Shibata literally loses control or something. He makes Tanahashi literally get on his hands and his knees. And the ref is so funny during this whole thing because Tanahashi's definitely knocked out. But the ref is just as shocked as everyone else. He has no idea what to do. And he's just like looking around like, what the hell just happened? Because my guy is knocked out right now. Number four. The end of the match wasn't far after this spot. Shibata literally picks up Tanahashi, goes for a GTS. Tanahashi rolls him up, but Bada kicks out at two. Now, if this were the end of the match, I would have popped because I was already hooked because of the spinning back fist spot. Uh, but it's not. Uh, Shibata kicks out. He gets him back up to hit the GTS, kicks him in the face for good measure just to knock him out a little bit more. The war is over. Shibata wins and moves on in the G1 climax. So, so let, me, let me give you a little backstory on that. The year before this, Tanahashi beat a returning Shibata in the G1 uh, and knocked him out of the finals with a roll-up. So uh, okay. it was a little throwback to the year before's final. Okay. Now, do you know anything about that spinning back fist? Like, was that a work? Was that a shoot? Was it I, like... I, I don't know, man. When I saw that, like, I was, like, a little bit shocked. Um... I, and I had a little inkling of the heat between these two men. Tanahashi um, wrote in his autobiography that Shibata is a good wrestler. And he thinks, and, yeah. and, Sh- and Shibata is also now the head trainer of NJPW America. So, like, if you're going through their dojo in, in California, Shibata yeah. is the one that is teaching you how to wrestle. But Tanahashi thought that Shibata was a little reckless in the ring and, and also a little sloppy. Like, yeah. a lot of his stuff was not necessarily protecting the other competitor. It's more MMA-based, correct? And it, it is more MMA-based. And Tanahashi kind of thinks that, that Shibata's style is almost too extreme for professional wrestling in a way that you can't go any higher or more risky than yeah. Shibata style. Yeah. Like Shibata like will kill you in the ring. You you're not coming back from dying in the ring, you know? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Now boys, I have one honorable mention and uh, I want to get everybody else involved in this. So Tanahashi, he uses one of my favorite maneuvers in this match. It's the good old Texas Cloverleaf. Like if I was a wrestler, this move would definitely be in my arsenal. It'd be my signature move. That's so right. Boys, it's, a, it's a good move, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's Terry Funk loved it. 
Exactly. Uh, so, boys, just curious, what moves would be in your arsenal? What would be your signature move right off the spot? A froggy splash from uh, Tolbert. Okay. <laughs> Tolbert with the froggy splash. Mike, you got, you got a move in your head? I mean, you? I'm a big – I said earlier, I'm a big fan of the DDT, man. DDT? So it, it's what big, big guys, man, especially if, like, you're a little bitch like me and don't know how to fight. Like, I'm just going to try to get a hold of you and grab you so if I can get your neck <laughs> and just drop down. Yeah, uh, Tolbert, what really would be your move? Froggy splash. Froggy splash. <laughs> I, I knew it. I, I, you wouldn't do the inverted rolling thunder driver? <laughs> couldn't, couldn't, couldn't do that. <laughs> uh, I think my move would be the brain buster. Oh, the brain buster. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Uh, speaking of which, Tanahashi tries to do two shitty frog splashes in the middle of the match. I was going to write about it, but I was just like, you know what? I'll just say it. Like, they were shit. They were horrible. Really? I thought one of them was good to, 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 uh, to Shibata's back, the, the first the, one. The first one was decent, and then the second one, Shibata just blocked it anyway. I was just like, whatever. But so anyway. Ta- Tanahashi as a wrestler, to me, it is kind of like New Japan's version of Shawn Michaels, where okay. WWF was kind of going through a tough time, and then they put, uh, you know, the reins, like they, they gave – Shawn Michaels kind of free reign of the company and kind of held the company up on his back for a little while. I got you. Until, you know, the attitude era happened. And I feel that Tanahashi's kind of like that too. And they have a similar style. I could, I could definitely see that. I mean, all in all, this match, I, I, this match was basically, you know, long. It was super long. It was like 21 and a half minutes. Um, and I would give it, Three and a half cookies. It okay. wasn't. It wasn't that good. Like I said, it was pretty long. It was basically twenty-two minutes long. Twenty-two minutes. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. No. Why me? Why me? Why me? Goldberg, where are you? Uh, so this is, uh, you know, when I, I came up with the the rundown of this week's matches, uh, I had a suggestion a couple weeks ago from our boy Travis, and Travis sent me this link, and I watched it, and I was floored by how uh, you, you I, Tolbert. Uh, you're going to have to tell us about this matchup because I was at a loss for words. You have got Heidenreich against Alabama Doink at the Golden Corral. Yes, and uh, you did not hear Mr. Vardom wrong there. Uh, this is in a Golden Corral parking lot. <laughs> um, and we have two uh, former, we'll put an emphasis on former WWE uh, stars, uh, John Heidenreich. And Doink the Clown. But I think they just borrowed the Doink suit and gave it to their fattest friend possible to put on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, that would not be the real Doink the Clown. No, not by a long shot. No. Um, it is, though, uh, the real Heidenreich. That is the real Heidenreich, <laughs> that's, yes. That's him. That's him. Poor Heidenreich. Uh, so this is in Mobile, Alabama in, uh, in May. Of 2016, so these guys are well past their prime. May 21st, my birthday. Oh, really? Happy yeah. birthday, Mike! This is oh. this was a gift to you. I, I would have loved. I would have loved to have been there. <laughs> now, now, Tolbert, before you, 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 you did mention that this was at a Golden Corral. Yes. And we're looking. They have a pan of the audience, and the audience is it's got a, a good amount of people. Do you think that these people came to see specifically? this stuff or they knew their audience and they were like we are gonna get a <laughs> ring in front of a golden corral and we know the type of people that eat oh, at a golden corral i was about to say i i think all those people were there already <laughs> yeah so they had just left left the chocolate uh wonder fountain to go um, see some wrestling yeah in fact when the sign in the background says something about uh um, a, a cheese mountain or a yeah, cheese a, a cheddar, a, a, cheddar mountain, cheddar mountain. Yeah. Cheddar falls. Cheddar, cheddar falls. falls. That's what it was. Yes. So, uh, um, I think they were all really there for the cheddar falls. The, I, I'm, the I'm very interested in the cheddar falls. Um, but there just happened to be a wrestling match. Um, but yeah, so they, they've got a good crowd. 
Um, they, they've got a nice little ring. And if, if you didn't want to go to Golden Corral that evening for dinner, you also have a fine O'Charlie's in the background. That's right. And a steak and shake. I'm sure there's a Waffle House nearby uh, and a Texas Roadhouse not too far down the road. I would have sacrificed my IBS that night just to watch this match live. Yeah. So let's get to it. So Doink comes out. Um, a very fat doink. That suit is stretched to its limit. Um, and, and this is kind of like a Where's Waldo of a wrestling match. Um, we, we could definitely make like a Where's Waldo game out of this video. Just, uh, I mean, because there's every stereotypical wrestling fan there. Uh, you just see some old wrestler pass his prime come out and try to build some heat. Doink comes out and tries to build some heat. And, uh, it's just mean and racist, and no one really reacts to it. <laughs> Doink is an angry clown. Yeah, he's an angry clown. Uh, a little bit, uh, he, he says the cameraman is the reason they should build the wall. <laughs> uh, we would assume that he was Hispanic, yeah. Yeah, and then there's, um, he called another gentleman. Uh, he's like, hey, there's Kamala over there. Oh, God. <laughs> he was like That's the so only African-American guy in the crowd. <laughs> so um, he just happened to be tall. Uh, he's like, hey, that's Kamala over there. <laughs> That's what? not the kind of heat that you uh, – that's cheap heat. That yeah, they that's call. cheap heat. Um, he's calling people fat. You know, he's uh, calling people ugly. But it, it's – they're really not picking up on it. And it's uh, it's funny. It makes it comical because well, it's like at one point he gives – calls some lady fat and says she needs to go on a run and the crowd's just silent. It's like not a word. <laughs> like, that, well, that's that's what they tell each their, themselves in the mirror every morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, <laughs> uh, half of them probably knew them. Um, one of my favorites is the kids in the background you hear over the camera. And uh, I think the, the can I pet that dog kid makes an yep. appearance. That's right. My, my childhood version of me was he there. Wants to, he wants to see Donk. Where's Donk? I want to see Donk. Come on, Donk. Can I see that dog? Like, doink. Uh, yeah, so he built some cheap heat to no avail. It's uh, just not working for him. Um, Heidenreich makes his entrance, and uh, he looks as confused as the sound guy does. Yeah. Because <laughs> he tries to play his music, but it just keeps cutting out. It, it'll play like 10 seconds and then cut out. Uh, but Heidenreich has obviously been hanging around the Cheddarfall Fountain. He is pumped and ready to go. He's been hanging out somewhere. Uh, uh, they base, he was basted with, yeah. like, <laughs> with cheddar. <laughs> Now that's a, a bigger than I. Yeah. Well, that, that's also a common occurrence at all indie wrestling events that I've ever been to. The sound guy has to fuck up at least two entrances. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But Heidenreich takes it in stride. He's working the crowd. He's like, hey, how you doing? What's up? How you doing? <laughs> hey, hey, you look like Rick Grimes. You watch Walking Dead? <laughs> <laughs> he's just working the crowd. He's like, hey. But he's like... It's it's not so much hype and pump. It's so much just having general conversations with the <laughs> with the crowd. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna go in here and kick this clowns, but yeah, he ain't my friend. That's yeah, hey, how you doing, kids? What's you all my friends? Hey, <laughs> um, he yells that about 15 times. Hey, baby, y'all's my friends. Oh man, so we get to the match. Uh, right before the match, so we have two cameramen. Can't forget to mention this. Two cameramen. We have a guy that looks like he actually has a camera filming the match. Um, he gets these nice pans of the Golden Corral sign from time to time. But my favorite part, and uh, Aaron, you probably picked up on this and had to appreciate it because it's probably happened to you every time you've filmed yes. a football game. Yes. Filming the match, the guy's trying to come in. Some guy's like, hey, man, what? that's a nice camera. Is this going to be on TV? And he's obviously filming the match. And the guy's like trying to be nice. He's like, yeah, man, it's going to – it's going to be on Facebook. Facebook? How am I supposed to watch it on Facebook? <laughs> it just keeps going on and on. What's the link? Send me – what's the link going to be? Uh, so, that was, uh, that was great. Um, so, we get to the match. Uh, not a lot of wrestling. This is also supposed to be a Falls Count Anywhere street match. <laughs> so, uh, we get, um, you know, some cheap little moves in this rinky-dink ring. Do you notice, like, half the turnbuckles pads are, like, falling off the ring? Anyway, we get a lockup. We get some wrestling in there. They take it outside of the ring immediately, and they take it to the streets. Literally. Uh, literally. The four-lane street that's running by. I mean, imagine any Golden Corral and O'Charlie's anywhere across America. It's going to look exactly the same at an intersection with uh, a CVS <laughs> in a Waffle House or what have you. 
Hey, Tober, take- tell me, tell me, is it blocked off, man? Is the it street is not, blocked off? It's not, but um, the uh, event staff is really on their game. They looked both uh, ways. Yeah, they looked both ways. They stopped traffic. Some of them almost didn't stop. <laughs> but, no. But they take it across the street. Um, and we have a bush spot, first bush spot on yeah. $2 steak. Uh, yeah, in the, in the CVS topiary. Yes, yes. <laughs> the beautiful CVS gardens of Mobile, Alabama. Um, we see the only maybe actual wrestling move uh, this whole video is, um, I guess, half of a, a suplex or half of a body slam into a bush. Uh, then John tries, Heidenreich tries to pin him on the bush. Uh, you think that's going to be out it, but Doink kicks out. You know, he ain't going to be, be pinned in no bush, man. So, As a um, groundskeeper for our rugby team and, and your appreciation for things that are, you know, well-groomed uh, topiaries and stuff like that, how, how did that make you feel? Tobi? I would have been pissed, man. That's a, that's a high-quality shrub they ruined right yeah. there. Doink's a big boy. <laughs> that actually had to hurt Doink a little bit. That, that, that had to sting. But they make their way back across the road. But uh, the, the lead-up is funny because you can hear everything on the camera. They're wrestling. And <laughs> he's like, hold on, man. Let me stop traffic now. Come on. Come on, guys. You go. Come on. Get, get over there. And they, they stall because they're trying to entertain the crowd. The event staff and the coordinators are like, guys, no, seriously, get out the fucking road. <laughs> like, for real. Um. So, we get some more action. Um, at, at some points, whoever edited this video decides to fast forward because it's so <laughs> slow and awful. And you think it's just going to be a slight fast forward to get to the spot. It's like they held the fast forward button for like a minute. It's like, and you see them like bumbling around getting to the next spot. And live action, oh my God, that had to take forever. Jesus Christ. I would have gone and got me a plate from the buffet. Came back to catch anything happened? Did I miss anything? No. <laughs> um, well, someone parked their poor Nissan Maxima um, a little too close to the ring. Yeah. Because the next spot we have is uh, the Maxima spot, a Nissan Maxima spot. Uh, a pole comes into play. Um, Doink goes to hit Hendrick, uh, Heidenreich with, a, with the pole. He moves and bashes the windshield, the back windshield, right out of it. Um, Obviously, this is set up. It's, you know, someone's car. I think it's Doink's car. You know, he's like, you know what? I just want to put on a good show. You know, y'all <laughs> take my Maxima. <laughs> it's for the kids. Yeah, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. Uh, the crowd actually gets pretty into it. They're like, ooh, <laughs> you know, you're going across the crowd. Well, they spend about, you know, 20 minutes wrestling around that Maxima, busting the windows. Um, you actually see um, – a pole spot from Heidenreich go to hit Doink, but he does the slowest, like, oh, I'm going to dodge it. <laughs> and he busts out the front windshield of it. It's just, it's hilarious. You see him kind of roll all over it, trying to pin each other. Uh, you think you're actually going to see uh, a DDT or a suplex at some point on top of the car. Um, we do get a pretty sweet sleeper hold on top of the car. And uh, Heidenreich says he's going to put Doink to sleep in the car. You're going to sleep in the car. <laughs> that's probably where he's actually sleeping that night because yeah. he might be homeless uh, it's going to be a little drafty now because there's holes all in the window but that leads to probably my favorite line of the whole match where Doink is uh, out cold on top of the car and Heidenreich goes to choke him with the pole <laughs> and he says the, the ref goes to ask him if he can, he's going to give up you know and uh, he goes he can't answer because he did <laughs> But he uh, he gives us so much conviction. <laughs> um, and now earlier in the evening, Heidenreich grabbed a sign that says "Doink needs to diet." Yeah, and, it was. Someone actually made a sign. It and was. Heidenreich, the the consummate poet that he is, kept saying, "Doink needs to die." It. It. <laughs> I think in my notes I wrote. Hey, John made it funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I also wrote, that poor Maxima. I didn't deserve that. Yeah, so uh, the car spot was terrible. Um, they're swinging at each other with poles and, uh, and windshield wipers. Um, and then we get another fast forward till we get to the ring, right? Because it takes them forever. It takes them like 20 minutes. All right, all right, all right we got them in the ring. 
let's see what's going to happen. Maybe we'll actually see uh, our arm hook or something like that. No. No. We see a couple Irish whips, a splash from Doink, or a splash from Heidenreich. Doink tries to reciprocate. Um, and does the, uh, Heidenreich does the, the shittiest little, I'm going to move out of the way and let you hit the turnbuckle, <laughs> but it's so slow. He kind of just nudges out of the way and then finishes the match with a, like a, a kick to the belly, <laughs> kick to Doink's belly, like he's, a little punt. Yeah. He's like, uh, he's like King Hippo. That was his one weakness. Yeah, and that, that's what ended the match. Just a simple boot. Just gave him the boot, man. And, uh, he went back and probably, uh, hit up Cheddar Falls. <laughs> but I, I definitely recommend if there's any match you watch this week. If you look below, click on the links, watch this one. The YouTube comments on this are hilarious. Oh my God. It's, it's great. It's a piece of gold. Um, one was like, I've watched this four times and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched it multiple times this weekend and I, yeah, I was we, just we could talk about, yeah, sorry. We could have talked about this match for an hour. Just everything that goes on. And very it, dense, uh, very dense, very dense. Oh. Do you have a haiku for us? I do. All right. Man, that clown's racist. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is it steak and shrimp night? <laughs> don't worship the pipe. No. And, uh, don't worship the pipe because the very last line that uh, John Heidenreich leaves us with, right, after he wins the match, he's been holding cradling this pipe. And he says – Worship the pipe, baby. Worship the pipe. Pipe's my friend. I was like, Heinrich, the pipe's not your friend, brother. Lay off the pipe. Well, that was a uh, that was a match. Now, I earlier in in the podcast, I was supposed to bring this up. Mike, can you tell me how you broke your brand new bicycle? You broke it? Oh, I didn't. I, well, so I was all excited to ride it, and uh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Got it together. Tober came over, put some air in my tires. We did a couple laps. It was all good. Went went for a ride the the next day, and uh, all of a sudden, like my pedal starts feeling weird. And um, tighten it up, go go for a little bit further. It's it, now it feels really weird. And I look at it, and the pedal had, had stripped its crank arm. And doing some research, it's it's because. It's because I'm a big man. That's the same thing that happened to my bike. Yeah, so, well, you're fat too then. So No, I've lost weight, Mike. Apparently, it, it happens a lot with big guys uh, or powerful guys. So maybe you're that's, just powerful. That's, I was just so powerful. Um, so, if you don't so, yeah, screw it in tight enough. The bike I was so excited to ride, <laughs> I got to ride two miles before I stripped the wheel out. I'm just such um, a powerful man, Mike, just like you. We're yeah, just so, virile men. Uh, but I was excited because, you know, I was well. I was disappointed because it was like it took two weeks to get the bike, and then I broke it within like two miles of riding it. Yeah, and I had to drop it off at the bike shop, and I thought it was gonna be another two and a half weeks. But the guy turned it around in three days, and I'm back to you know pedaling my fat ass around the neighborhood. That's so, right. It's it's all that new genics that that we are on the uh, <laughs> to to just bring us power and powerful pumps in our workouts. Yeah, the quarantine fifteen really like it did. It stripped my uh, stripped my crank arm. Cookie, what are you weighing now? Uh, probably about 245. Okay, that, that's, that sounds that's more like it. Yeah. yeah. All right, so thank you for listening to $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. Next week, we have uh, – guys, I actually have picked your matches for next week. Cool. How exciting drive. is that? I, I almost pulled a Tolbert, though, because you put it in the, in the drive, and I almost <laughs> looked at it and watched it. <laughs> have you watched your match already, Mike? No, I didn't, no. All right, so next week, Mike has got Janichiro Tenru – I get Stan Hansen, a very fun matchup. Cookie, I, I went a little bit different with your match picking. You actually have a WWE match from 2005. Kurt Angle against Shelton Benjamin and maybe one of my favorite matches of the evening. You have got, for the high spot, Terry Funk against Hawk. We have got a Terry Funk match and a Stan Hansen match next week. Yes, stay tuned. It's exciting. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, hopefully we'll be out of quarantine soon. Bye, guys. I don't fucking know how to end this. What kind of ending was that? It was terrible. I I don't know. Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye.